This is the third episode of the Double Trouble podcast. My name is Kelly Francis, and this is just an audio diary about raising my five-month-old twin girls and about my life. Um, This week, I thought I would start off talking about what the girls are eating and how they're eating. We started solid foods a couple weeks ago and just with the rice cereal, and Ramsey was having some allergy issues, so she didn't even get to start when Allegra started. They ate just the rice cereal for about a week or two. And then once Ramsey was really on board, I started introducing the other foods. I didn't want to start and get Allegra doing some stuff and Ramsey doing other stuff and get all confused about what they hadn't hadn't had in case there was an allergy. So we started them both with sweet potatoes a couple weeks ago. And that was really interesting. This whole food thing is really pretty funny, I think, that they seem really excited about it and they'll open their mouths up wide and you put that spoonful in their mouth. Whether or not it's something new or old that they've had before and pretty much immediately they like kind of spit it out and look at you like what in the world did you stick in my mouth (laughs) and then usually by the end of the feeding they're chomping it down and they're pretty happy to be eating it so I guess it's just you know getting used to eating in general so we started with sweet potatoes and my doctor is pretty conservative about how often to introduce foods his rule of thumb is you have to wait five days. You give them a new food once a day for five days, and then you can start with a different food. And I've heard a lot of doctors are more like every three days you can start a new food. So anyway, what I'm doing to kind of, I guess, bridge those two is I started with the rice cereal, and then we started with sweet potatoes, and we did five days of sweet potatoes. But on day three of the sweet potatoes, I switched from rice cereal to oatmeal. So I'm kind of doing a new food, but it's more safe food. And then we switched to squash, which to me tastes a lot like the sweet potatoes. (laughs) It's definitely a sweet vegetable, at least the way that it's prepared in the baby foods. Then a couple days into that, I switched to, actually that was just today, Um, we switched to barley cereal, which looks the same. Actually, I didn't taste that, so I'm not sure how it tastes, but I think the cereal tastes really good, and the oatmeal tastes like oatmeal. All the stuff they've had so far, I think, tastes pretty good. So the doctor suggested that we start with the yellows and oranges first, but not fruit, just vegetables, and then move on to the green vegetables, and then fruit after that. So we should probably be a couple months into it before we get to the fruit. Tomorrow we're going to start carrots, and then after that we'll do peas and green beans, and that's as far ahead as I've looked so far. That's all I've purchased. (laughs) And we also have one more cereal to try. I think it's a mixed green cereal. So what I'm doing is they wake up in the morning, they have a bottle, and then at 10 o'clock they have another bottle, go down for a nap. When they they get up and they're up for a while before they eat again, they eat again around 1, and that's when I give them the cereal. And so they'll eat, I think it's like 2 ounces. It's one of those square Gerber containers of baby food. I fill that with formula and then mix in the cereal until it's, you know, the right consistency, basically. So they'll eat one of those containers of cereal, and then... What I do is I make a six-ounce bottle. I fill the container with formula from that bottle, and then usually there's about four ounces left in that bottle, so I give them the bottle after the oatmeal, and it depends on the day. Some days they finish it, some days they don't. I just kind of let them drink what they want, and then they go down for their their two-hour-long afternoon nap, and then they have a bottle at 4, and then at 6.30 we feed them the vegetable of the day, and my husband usually helps with that, so that's cool. I give them four ounces of formula again after that if they want it, and then they have another bottle at 8.30.
So that's basically what they're eating right now, and we'll see how things progress in the future. So far, we haven't seemed to be having any allergy issues or anything. They don't even really seem to hate anything. They, they don't seem real thrilled the second you put it in their mouth, but they're generally enjoying whatever it is by the time you're finished. And they're pretty routinely finishing those two-ounce containers, so that's a lot. And actually, I've been splitting the vegetables between the two girls, so I'll take one two-ounce container. Each gets an ounce out of that. And Dan and I were talking yesterday about how, you know, normal babies get the whole container because <laughs> they don't have to share with their sister. So I think we're going to start giving them each a whole container and see how that goes. Of course, I bought exactly the right amount for them to split each of these containers for five days. So now I'm going to have to go get more food. So what else is going on? They are rolling over and moving around a lot more this week. I've noticed that Allegra all of a sudden can roll from her back to her front and so far, up until this point, they've both only rolled from the front to the back. So Allegra can kind of do what she wants now, and they can both spin around. you got to be careful now when you put them down under that, like, mat play gym thing that they'll move, and they'll even move, like, off the mat now if you give them enough time, basically. So you got to kind of pay attention to them so they don't get out of it. It's not, like, a big deal because it's usually just on the carpet, except that I usually keep it close to the fireplace, and there's an area right around the edge of the fireplace that's hard, so they could hurt themselves if they whack their head against it or whatever. And then when I put them in the crib, I think I've mentioned before that I use these sleep positioners. So that kind of keeps them contained, except now it's that's not even really... They'll stay in the sleep positioner, but they'll spin around in the crib and they kind of move around. So usually one baby's smashed up kind of against the corner and the other baby isn't. It's getting funny. I'm still contemplating setting up the second crib now. The thing that really stops me is that, A, we don't have a second mattress yet, and B, we got one crib we got as a hand-me-down from Dan's sister for free, and then the other crib, I scoured eBay to find a matching crib, because the crib is obviously about like 10 years old, because his nephews are that old, but it was this kind of regular generic crib. It's called the Jenny Lind pattern. They actually make new ones now that look the same, so I ended up getting a crib that looks exactly the same off eBay for $15. It was awesome. And that's the one we're using right now because the one that his sister gave us didn't come with any of the screws. So we need to go to Home Depot to replace all of these screws. And luckily, at least we know what the screws should look like because we have this matching crib now. But um, I need to get that together and get the mattress before we can set up the second one. Plus, we've got a daybed in the room with them now that will have to be taken apart in order to get the second crib in. So it's going to be a project when we do it. I'm sure it'll be, you know, out of necessity at some point. Uh, something else I wanted to talk about was another favorite product of mine, which is called the Ultimate Crib Sheet. I found it on Amazon when I was registering for baby stuff. And I did a lot of research registering for baby stuff, like reading people's reviews on Amazon and on other websites to try and find out the, the coolest equipment and what's going to make my life easier. And I was really trying to think through. I'm very much a planner. I was trying to think through everything that was going to be crazy about my life, feeding the babies and dressing the babies and diapering the babies, just because I knew things were going to be so much crazier with the two girls. So anyway, I got this thing called the Ultimate Crib Sheet. And what it is, is it's like a mattress pad and crib sheet built into one thing. And instead of it wrapping around the mattress with elastic, like normal mattress pads and crib sheets do, it's just a flat sheet that's exactly the size of the top of the mattress. And it has little pieces of elastic that you snap around the crib rails. So that keeps it flat and taut and, you know, so the kid's not going to suffocate in it. And the best thing about this is that it's super easy to change. So if they spit up on it or whatever, make some other kind of mess on it, you just unsnap the 
little elastic pieces and pull it out and put another one in. So I have a crib sheet on the mattress itself, which has never ever been changed because the girls don't have any contact with it. This thing lays over top. So the crib sheet's kind of just for decoration, I guess. <laughs> And it's great. It's so easy to change and to wash. I just I highly recommend it. So I did mention that I've finally established a morning nap after their 10 o'clock bottle. I've just kind of decided that this is a time that works, especially if you keep them awake after they wake up in the morning until that 10 o'clock bottle. They'll go down easily after that for a nap. They're ready for it. And so then they'll sleep for anywhere from like an hour to an hour and a half. And I've been looking for a time to work out, and this is the perfect time to work out. So I get up with them and hang out with them in the morning. They go down for their nap. I work out. And then so I have enough time to do a full half-hour workout and take a shower and get dressed and be, like, ready for the day before they're getting back up again. It's really nice. Hopefully I will be able to maintain that. That's been really nice this week. I've worked out three times this week, which, geez, when was the last time I did that? <laughs> And I feel so energized from it. It's so nice to do that. I have a real problem staying focused with working out. And I'm hoping that by building it into my daily routine, it will stay with me. We'll see. I do high bow, by the way, as my workout regime. I love it. Um, <laughs> so this weekend was a horribly busy weekend. We had friends over on Friday night who hadn't seen the girls yet and hadn't seen the house. And so, of course, I'm like cleaning the house to get have people over, which is a whole different kind of cleaning than normal. The funny thing that happened that night was that Allegra got really weirdly fussy right before she went to bed, like crying, screaming. It was like, you know, she was injured. It was odd. You couldn't figure out really what was wrong with her. She barely touched her bottle. She had only a couple ounces, went down, slept the whole night through. Thank heaven, at least she didn't wake up at 3 o'clock in the morning screaming for food. But it was out of character for her. I thought it was weird. And then last night, we had another friend over the same kind of time, right before they went to bed, and she did it again. And I think she's not cool with the strangers in her house at bedtime, is what I decided it was. It's kind of funny. Especially because Allegra's always been kind of the flirt, that I think maybe we're starting to see a little bit of the attachment issues, and she's not real thrilled about going to other people. And my mom was over today, and she was even kind of funny with her. So unfortunately, I think she might be getting a little wary of strangers. We need to get a babysitter in here now so she gets used to that. <laughs> so then we had friends over last Friday, and then Saturday we started the day by picking up a ping pong table from my aunt and uncle's house who are downsizing. They were getting rid of this ping pong table. That was kind of an adventure because the girls were with us, and you know, anything the girls are with you, it takes 10 times longer, and you got to plan all the feedings and diaper changes and everything around it, and naps, and and then immediately after that, we went to a friend of mine's engagement party, which the girls were requested to come to. So we brought the girls. And the nice part about that was that people wanted to see them, so they they hold them, you know. So at least Dan and I got a little bit of a break because other people were holding them. But it's weird because it's nice to go to things with the girls because it's nice to be with the girls and to show them off and people get to, to spend time with them. But then I have a very different experience at these events when the girls are there because I, ha I always rush through my food because you don't know when the girl's going to start screaming and you need to stop and take them away from whoever's holding them or change them or whatever. And it's like you've always got your ear out for a baby crying, so you're not really engaged in conversation like you would be otherwise. And we had to leave the party early because the girls were getting fussy and it was just, you know, time for them to go. So 
I don't know what's good and bad. It definitely, your life definitely changes when you have kids, doesn't it? <laughs> um, so we got home Saturday night. Of course, the girls are way out of sorts. They haven't had naps at normal times, and they were tired and cranky, as were we. And then on Sunday, we went to the Francis family reunion, which is about an hour from where we live. This is where his parents live. And every time we go over there, it is such a project getting them over there because we basically feed them, dress them, drive over there, and right after we get there, we're back to feeding them again. So you have to get there, you know, a half an hour before you want to do anything because you got to plan for that feeding as soon as you get there. Plus, we're an hour away from home. So when we visit my parents, it's so funny. When we visit my parents, I'm kind of more relaxed about it because it's closer and I never forget anything. Plus, my mom's got extra diapers and wipes and stuff at her house because I have two other nephews and, you know, it's not a big deal. The past two times we've gone over to visit his parents, I have forgotten something big like a change of clothes. And one time I forgot formula. <laughs> like, I don't know where my mind is. And it's such a bigger deal when you forget something over there because there isn't, you know, there's no going back. So anyway, you get like all revved up for this and you get the girls all together. We get over there. And again, the nice thing happened that the girls got ripped out of our arms immediately and they were passed around from person to person. And we didn't see him for a good couple hours. <laughs> as soon as it happened, I looked at Dan. I'm like, we need to go to a movie, I think. <laughs> Nobody will miss us. <laughs> So that was kind of nice that we got some non-kid time. And really, it was cool. Like, they got really taken away from us. They weren't sitting next to us. There was only one time when I heard Allegra crying out in the distance and had to go rescue her. But that was kind of relaxing. We did get a break from the kids and got a chance to catch up with his brother and sister and their families. But it was a hot day, and it was a long day, especially for the girls. So when we got home, they were cranky, and so were we, and <laughs> more of the same. But... Luckily, this weekend, we don't really have anything planned, so I should have a good chance to rest up and get things settled again. Because on top of it being just a crazy busy weekend, I was really sick, and I don't really know where I got it, but I got just a really bad cold. I was stuffy and congested and sneezing, and my throat was sore, and I'm still kind of hanging on to a little bit of it. It's it's tough, and it's so much tougher to be sick when you can't take a sick day. That phrase, sick day, just has such a different meaning to me now. <laughs> like, all it might mean is that I can convince Dan to get the girls up in the morning when they start crying, <laughs> which is something. <laughs> so something else that we got this week I was so excited about was we got these pictures taken of the girls when they were about three months old in their christening gowns. I really wanted nice pictures taken in their christening gowns because my mom actually made them and they're really beautiful and I just really wanted to remember that time. Plus, I'm a picture freak. So I was thinking about doing it at Penny's or Sears or something and I was kind of afraid that we would get them all dressed up in there and ready for the pictures and they'd be crying. You know, in our 10 minute window, they'd be crying and we wouldn't end up with a good picture. So I started thinking about the idea of having a formal picture taken by like our wedding photographers or somebody along those lines. So we started tooling around the web and it turns out there's this woman that lives very close to us that does Ann Getty's style pictures that are, you know, like the babies in the basket and these like furry cloths and with just their diapers on, black and white, very artistic, or like the dads holding the naked newborn baby in their hands and you just see the hands and the baby. They're, they're very nice pictures. So we went ahead and got pictures taken with her and 
she was amazing. She she came to our house and took the pictures in our basement with just the natural light pretty much. And she was so great with them because, you know, they were fussy and they didn't know her and, you know, they were hungry at, at certain times. So she would stop everything. She was at her house for like two and a half hours. She would stop and let them eat. And she did stuff like she'd put the fuzzy blanket over a big beanbag chair and place the girls in it. And then she would mold the beanbag chair around underneath of them to get them into position so they wouldn't fuss because you were messing with them. It was really cool. Um, and then, like, the big finale was she put them down in this beanbag chair and then let them fall asleep. And that took 15 minutes or so. So we were just chatting or whatever. The girls fall asleep. And then she would mold them around, change their position, and take their pictures as they were asleep. And they came out so awesome. The whole thing was really neat. So we finally got our pictures back. It was really exciting. I was so excited. They look great. And the one thing I'm waiting for, it's not finished yet, is she will put your pictures on a canvas. The picture actually wraps around the edge of the canvas, so you don't even have to frame it if you don't want to. And it looks like the picture's been painted onto this canvas. Really cool. So that's the one I'm waiting for because I'm going to put it over the fireplace. And I'm sure that will be very cool. So I'll put a link on my blog to her website if anybody happens to live in the northern Maryland area. But actually, she does pictures all around Maryland, um, southern Pennsylvania, D.C., northern Virginia. So anybody in the area that's interested, you might want to check her out. Um, and the last thing I wanted to talk about today was our dogs. <laughs> we have two dogs that are both mutts from the pound, and they are a crazy handful. We only had one dog, Lexi, up until last year. And I've spoken before about that Dan and I had a miscarriage before we got pregnant with the twins. And I really think that's why we got the second dog, because we were both nervous about possibly not being able to get pregnant again and sad about not being pregnant and we were kind of needy and wanting some emotional stimulation so we decided we were going to get another dog and we did and he's a pretty good dog but boy has that added a complication to our life and my mom of course when that happened was like what are you thinking you don't want to get another dog <laughs> she was kind of right but <laughs> they uh they were, they were a handful before we had the babies just because neither of them are trained and Indy has a really bad chewing problem so you really can't leave him unattended. If you even leave the house for 10 minutes to come back, something will be chewed up that <laughs> you love. And he had this bad habit for a while where he would go onto the bookshelves and pull a book off the bookshelves and chew it up. What a crazy habit to have. So once the babies were born, we actually had them at a kennel while they were being born. We had scheduled to have an induction a couple days after the girls were actually born. So I had the time at the kennel all set up and then I went into labor before that. So my mom came up to the house and took the dogs to the kennel, which was really great. So when we came home with the girls, the dogs weren't here, which was really nice. And I would definitely suggest that because it just took away this whole level of chaos. And then a day or two after we got home, we brought the dogs home. And it was weird. They were definitely weird about it for, I'd say, a good week. And Indy, even, he's the second dog that we got. He got very depressed about life. He would just, like, sulk and lay around on the bed because nobody's paying attention to him. It was so hard. I was lucky to be getting them out to go to the bathroom and food in their dog dish and water. 
Allegra's joining me right this second, if you can't tell. <laughs> so Dan took them out for a walk shortly after they came back. So a couple days after they came back. And that really brought life back into Indy. It was nice. I guess they realized, you know, they weren't going to be forgotten forever. But it was it was sad to see him so lethargic. They were both just really bumming. And I'm sure that they weren't really thrilled about the lack of sleep that was going on and that we had started kicking them off our bed a few months earlier. I was really adamant about it because I knew that we were going to have trouble with them wanting to be on the bed and the girls being up in the bed. And I was really afraid of that. So I wanted to break that habit. So we had started having Indy sleep in a crate in our bedroom a couple months earlier. So at least that was taken care of. But Lexi wasn't real thrilled that she couldn't be on the bed. And, you know, we had some growing pains in that manner. But now they're really pretty cool with the girls. They will go up and sniff at the girls and lick at the girls. And they really seem generally pleased and interested in them. But they both get a little wiggy when they start crying. Like, okay, go fix them. Shut them up. <laughs> they'll come looking for you when they're crying. Like, come on, what are you going to do about it? And Ramsey has gotten really friendly with Lexi. She has somehow figured out that you're supposed to offer your hand to the dog. So when Lexi gets close to her, she'll stick her hand out so Lexi will lick her hand. And I don't know how she figured that out or what the deal is with that. It's really cute. And she did it when we were at the engagement party last Saturday. There was a little yip-yap dog at the party. and She did the same thing. She put her hand out for the dog. It was so cute. I have no idea how she figured that out because I really don't think I do that too much with the dogs anymore because it's, you know, it's not like I'm trying to make friends with them. They already know I'm their friend. So I'm not even sure if she's seen anybody do that. But it's cute. And every time the dogs walk past the girls, if they're sitting in a bouncy seat or something, and the dogs walk past, they get big smiles on their face. And they always watch them as they walk throughout the room. And the two dogs will wrestle with each other. They really love that. God, they think that's really funny to watch. So that's been good. And the one bonus to having the second dog is that they do seem to kind of keep each other company. They've got somebody to play with. So I guess there's a little bit of a bonus there. But it is more work than it used to be, especially because Indy brings his own set of problems, like the chewing thing. I never had any trouble other than when Lexi was a puppy, but I really don't have any trouble with Lexi chewing anything. And so now we have this whole other problem that we wouldn't otherwise be dealing with. But whatever. He's, he's really a cool, fun dog, so it's nice. Now, the other downside is, Neither of these dogs are friendly with strangers. Even it's touch and go with when my parents come over, they're usually pretty good with them. But when my sisters come over, they, they don't come over often enough. So they don't have a relationship with them and it takes some warming up. And I don't like that. I don't like that they bark at people and Indy will growl at people. So when we have friends over, they just get locked up in our bedroom because they just can't be out with everybody else. And we have an electric fence, which that is a godsend because I can just throw them outside and I don't have to worry about them. But the electric fence goes all the way around the house. Like a lot, it's most of our yard. And when the UPS guy comes, he has to cross into the area where the electric fence is in order to drop off the package. And Indy can really be a mean dog. And I've never seen him nip at anybody or bite somebody, but I would be very afraid of him if I came up into the yard. Because, like, it's weird. His hair bristles on the back of his back like a cat. It's very strange. And then Lexi is just very skittish and afraid. So she usually will bark, but she stays a good distance away from people. Whereas Indy will get up in your face. But Lexi's actually bit a couple people before. People who were taking care of her, like offering her a treat, and she bit their hand <laughs> and drew blood in one instance. So I'm a lot more afraid of Lexi than I am of Indy. And of course, that 
begs the question, what is going to happen with the girls when they get more aggressive and pull their tail? And I really worry about what is going to happen because I've heard and read a lot of things about little babies and dogs and that the worst incidents usually happen around one-year-old when, I guess, when they start toddling around and getting into the dog's food and getting into the dog's toys and pulling their tails. And I'm very worried about that period of time. So we've been talking about possibly getting a trainer to come and help us because I just don't have control over the dogs. If I had control over the dogs, I would feel safer about it. The other thing I was talking to, actually the women who did our pictures, she said that she uses these discs or something you can buy that go on the same frequency as the electric fence and you can stick them in a specific room and the dogs can't you know, go within a perimeter of this room wherever the disc is placed. So I was thinking I would love to get a couple of those, especially for the baby's room, because Indy, you know, he's a big chewer and he's very into stuff. Like if I leave the door to the bathroom open, he will immediately be in the wastebasket, pulling out tissue, anything he can get his little mouth on. And so he's been in the girl's room, sniffing around at stuff. He did chew one book that I happened to have left on the floor which made me crazy. You know, we've got these brand new children's books that have barely been touched, and the dog chews one. I'm so mad. So I've been trying to be very careful about keeping things up off the floor because I can't keep the door shut to that room all the time. It's just, I just can't keep track of that. So, plus we don't shut it at night. So, you know, we could hear them if they're crying because, by the way, we do not use a baby monitor anymore. We turned that off months ago, which might be why we've got them sleeping through the night because... There have been a couple times when I felt guilty and thought, well, maybe we should leave the monitor on. And inevitably, they're up and stirring, and you hear them when wake up, but they're not really crying, and they go back to sleep. So anyway, we don't use the baby monitor anymore. And Indy has started doing things like they've got these big bunny stuffed animals that somebody gave them that I have on a bookshelf in their room. And Indy has like pulled these bunnies off and dropped them on the floor and then left. And I think it's a warning to me. Like, I could get these and chew these if I wanted to. So just so you're aware, that's what I think is going on. <laughs> so I'd really like to keep him out of the girls' room because to some extent, some of that stuff, who cares? But it's going to get worse, I'm sure, when they get older because there'll be more resentment between them and the dogs. And the girls will start being upset if their stuff is chewed up. And I just want to avoid all of that. So I'll probably invest in one of those things. The other thing Indy likes to chew is burp cloths. I use cloth diapers as burp cloths and I guess he just likes the way they taste or smell or something when they've got spit up on them but he will chew the ends of them so a bunch of them have been kind of ruined and I think what I'm going to end up doing is cutting them off and re-sewing the edges so that they're usable again <laughs> but it's so frustrating that like I can't you can't leave anything within if it's on the couch well then Indy's got territory if it's anywhere that basically the girls are then Indy can get to it and he will chew it so you really have to be on top of things it's so annoying and like I don't have enough to worry about these days right I gotta work the dog so anyway I hear Ramsey crying in the background so I guess I better go my website is doubletroubledpodcast.blogspot.com and my email address is doubletroubledpodcast at gmail.com so please feel free to check out my website or send me an email thanks for listening